Jay Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go on the range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by Vehicle Assurance. Hey, good morning, St. Louis. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay, and we got a new little setup here. We got Pearly. Pearly, where are you? We're going to have a new segment. Me, where's Pearly? I am in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, looking out at the boulders. I was just wondering why you guys weren't here. We're wondering why we're not here either. Uh, we, we don't know where we are, Pearl. We're, we're at about 30 degrees and uh, the basic no sky um, winter day. It sucks anyway. 70 degrees and blue skies, so about the same. <laughs> just just about the same. We formatted the show like around the golf. The first segment is called the On the Range segment, and the On the Range segment is brought to you by Vehicle Assurance. If you need any coverage for your car, any sort of extended warranty, call them at 866-341-9255. Um, check us out on our social media outlets. Twitter is at Jay Delsing. Facebook is Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay Delsing Golf Hospitality. LinkedIn is just Jay Delsing, and um, we don't know anything about Instagram and so there we go. Um, ah, it's great to be uh, on our, our fourth show of the year. Got a great interview with Curtis Strange. Man, Hall of Famer, the last guy, John, to win back-to-back U.S. Opens since – and one other person did that. Ben Hogan did that. But Curtis did it in 1988 and 1989. And it's some great golf courses and in uh, fantastic fashion. I, I just loved your interview when you were talking to him about it. I, I specifically remember some of those shots just as you did. Well, let's dive into, we tried to do this last week, but you know how we are. We started talking about something and I don't know where we've drifted off to, but Pearl, let's come up with some of our um, uh, predictions for 2021. And I'm going to start this off, John. This has always been a hard, was a hard thing for me whenever I change balls and equipment, but I don't know if you caught this DJ re-signed with TaylorMade. John Rahm jumped ship and went, took the money from Callaway Golf. New ball, new clubs, new everything. I'm waiting to see what kind of curve John Rahm's game's going to have with the new stuff. Bad decision. I'm going to predict a bad decision. What are you thinking? Yeah, you know, it took... Do you remember how long it took Rory to... Um, when he changed from Titleist over to um, over to the Nike ball? And, and he, he got it right and, and, and played well, but that's a, that's a big deal. It's a much bigger deal than you think. And you know what, John? Golf's hard enough. And if you start off on the wrong foot or a couple weird bounces, miss a couple cuts, there's a lot to think about when uh, all of a sudden the bag's uh, uh, full of new equipment and the ball's not, not the same old one you're used to. I, I, I remember when you went through that uh, several different times when we would talk through the years on it and I think tour edition, the Spalding stuff, the Titleist. And I just always remember challenging you and kind of teasing you, like, what's the best ball? What's the best equipment? Forget the money. At the end of the day, yeah, you want the money, but what's one shot going to cost you in a tournament if you're second, third, or fourth place versus first place type of a thing? Yeah. So I, I, I think I think that's a tough, tough call. And I don't know, maybe I'm biased. I, and I don't know the equipment like you do, but is, is there a better ball than Titleist, uh, or are they that equal these days? They're that equal. Yeah, they're they're okay. really that equal okay. because you remember Ron was playing the TaylorMade, the five, and so um, he wasn't even playing Titleist. But that, those those days were gone, John. When we played though, when I played their Titleist, there was a, a Maxfly ball that was around for a little bit, the HT. But that was if you didn't play Titleist, it was it was it was really pretty weird. Thanks for digging me out of that one. Appreciate it. Well, that's, that's absolutely. I, I didn't know the balls were that that equal. Uh, but well, what do you think? I mean, is he is is the equipment as good or better? But like you said, the look and the feel, and as well as he's playing, man, it just seems like a tough move. Yeah, he he also might have that mentality. Like, look, I can play anything. He kind of strikes yeah. me as that kind of kid, and uh, um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, he'll probably go out and win the first event. Who the hell knows? But you know what else is interesting, John? And we are going to have Steve Stricker on the phone. We've got the Ryder Cup on U.S. soil in September this year. At Whistling Straits, and that is one phenomenal property just in general, but what a heck of a golf course, and I think that's going to be a blast. I think it's an absolute blast, and I'm kind of liking the way the team's stacking up, too. 
Yeah, we got some new blood. We've got some some younger guys that have been you know down this road before. You get the Xander Shoffleys of the world and things like that. There's some the, the and then you've got some of the new blood that's coming in the Matthew Wolf, some uh, Colin Morikawa. They could be playing on these teams for a long damn time. I think it's time for that. I love what you first said as far as the new blood. I I, I think it's more than time for us to see that. Uh, we're ready. It was getting a little stale. The guys weren't making it happen. Patrick Cantlay. I mean, I think that's fantastic. Matthew Wolf. I've been getting into kind of following him a little bit with uh, George uh, uh, Gengis. Yeah. And and what a what an interesting story. And then Tony Finau, he might be ready to just go make it happen. But uh, what a property they're playing. And uh, they need, need to be ready for anything, depending on weather out there. They need to be ready for absolutely anything. We had a great day, you and I, out there several years ago, and that was awful fun. Well, The Tip of the Cap segment this week is brought to you by Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. You need any sort of vehicle, call Colin at 314-966-0303. We're tipping our cap today to the Ascension Group. They brought the PGA Tour back to St. Louis for a minimum of four years. It's going to be the ACC Classic at Norwood Hills, and I am Damn thankful for them, and I can't wait to play. And it's going to raise a boatload of money for the North County area. So our tip of the cap goes to the Ascension uh, Healthcare Group here in St. Louis. And that's going to wrap up the front nine. But don't go anywhere. We've got a really long, um, in-depth interview with Curtis Strange. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Bill DeWitt III, president of the St. Louis Cardinals. And you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh, sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> Golf with Jay Delsing. Oh, let me start it. <laughs> Wilson Pools Plus has been beautifying homes in the metro St. Louis area for over 30 years. They're a family-owned, full-service pool company. Whether you want to add a pool, landscaping, patios, or just have them service your existing pools, Wilson Pools Plus can handle any job. You can reach them at 314-421-1301, or if you're calling from the east side, 618 618- 632-2386. You can also check them out on the web at wilsonpoolsplus.com. In these extremely trying times, the management team at Marcone would like to give a shout-out to our 500-plus employees and their families. Their diligence and commitment to each other, our process, and our company are so good that we are obligated to state it publicly. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. You have all contributed to our success, and your dedication is imperative to the continued growth of our company. Thank you for your efforts. Marcone is the largest distributor of General Electric Appliance Parts in North America, based in St. Louis, Missouri. I want to welcome Vehicle Assurance to the Golf with Jay Delsing Show. Vehicle Assurance has been in business for over 10 years. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection plan. If you have a car, they have the correct coverage for you. Find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, The Ultimate Virtual Golfing Experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. Uh, The Dean Team Automotive Group is unbelievable. When you hear a dealer say, we have every car that you need, you know, that's kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll just throw that out there. Well, these guys really do. Uh, their list includes Volkswagen, Subarus, Hyundais, Genesis. The, there's a new Volvo store. that They also have over 1,000 pre-owned cars. They also have a golf cart division where they make customized golf carts. It's really cool. We have seen those before. Mm-hmm. You can work with how fast cool. they can go. They're street legal. You can do different colors. It's not like we're jumping in a little gas cart at the Muni course that we grew up on Pearl. These things are awesome, and they are customized. So if you're interested in that, go to uh, DeanTeamGolfCarts.com. And lastly, this place, the Dean Team Autosports, is unbelievable. They have almost $10 million worth of automobiles at this place. I went online and was checking them out. Luxury Cars Pro, like you're familiar with, like the uh, Bugattis, the Bentleys, Ferraris, Maseratis, Lamborghinis, McLarens, Rolls Royces. So if you're looking for luxury cars, you're looking for any cars, reach out to the Dean Team and the Dean Team Automotive Group. There's five locations. 
uh, all on Manchester Road. Volkswagen, Subaru, and Hyundai are in Baldwin. They have a second Volkswagen location in Kirkwood and in that new Volvo store, as I mentioned, in Maplewood. Uh, the golf cart shop is also in Maplewood. You can find anything you need to know about Dean Team at DeanTeam.com. Tell them Jay Delsing sent you. Are your workouts more fun than this? Well, if they are, then I want to sign you to an endorsement deal with Michelob Ultra. I'm looking for anyone and everyone who makes working out a blast. If that's you, hit to TeamUltra.com for a chance to score awesome perks like Team Ultra gear and more. That's TeamUltra.com to enter. No purchase necessary. Open U.S. residents 21 plus. See official rules at TeamUltra.com. Message and data rates may apply. Void but prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. I want you to grab a partner and join this golf league. It's a top golf swing suite golf tournament with Jay Delsing. It's going to be on Wednesdays and Thursdays in February. The dates will be announced. It's at the Four Seasons Hotel in downtown St. Louis. What do you get? You're going to get four rounds on one of the world's great golf courses on the Top Golf Simulator. You're going to get two adult beverages a night and an appetizer a night, and it's going to be four rounds. It's, call me at 314-378-0235 for more information or reach out to me at j at jdelsongolf.com. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Golf Classic. And welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, who's out in beautiful, sunny Arizona. We're kind of pissed about that. And we are going to the Front Nine, which is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. This September, September 6th through 12th, Norwood Hills is going to be the place to be, guys. The senior tour, the best rookie class, Pearly, what, maybe ever? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I'm not sure how you would beat it. Maybe other than when they started, maybe well, we could take yep. some comparison there type of thing. But, yeah, huge, phenomenal field. Yeah, we're talking Ernie Els, Phil Mickelson, uh, Jim Furyk, Freddie Couples, Steve Stricker, uh, Mike Weir, uh, Bernard Langer. You know, the, the list goes on and Jay on. Jay Delsing. Jay yeah, Delsing. yeah, that's right. I'm going to be playing. So if you're out watching me, make sure you put a helmet on. Sometimes Pearly gives me some bad yardages, <laughs> and I, my balls fly a little <laughs> offline there. Um, speaking of, uh, well, we got Curtis Strange, so let's just jump right in to this Curtis Strange interview. The last person, one of two men, to ever win back-to-back U.S. Opens. This is Curtis Strange. It's the greatest feeling in the game, coming to the 18th hole and knowing you've won. All you have to do is just figure out some way to get it down in two or three, and it doesn't make much difference. You've had that feeling four times. Now he's had it twice. It's good. Curtis Strange is brought to you by Golden Tee. When I first got on tour, you were just kicking ass. The 80s, I had no idea just because I was kind of in the middle of it, but the 80s were just a blockbuster year for you. Well, you know, you, you're very kind. Uh, you, uh, you know, gosh, where do you start? You, you get in the middle of something like that, and you don't, you don't like anything else. You don't appreciate it nearly enough until years and years later. And even then it was kind of what you set out to do as a kid. And so, you know, I think I'd look at the things that I didn't do and the times I screwed up more than the things that you might've accomplished just the wrong word, but, you know, came out on top. But I always like to say just kind of, go back for a minute. I, I always like to say people look at your professional career and they, they say this, that, and the other, but you know, it goes, it goes so much farther back and I don't care what level you played at. And you're in the same boat. I was It started back when you were a kid, you know, playing at the club and, you know, trying to play with the good players of the club and the members to learn and, you know, not only learn how to behave and act, but learn how to play and you get a lesson or two and, then you progress into more big junior golf within the state and you, and you progress there, not knowingly. It's just, this was what you loved to do. I was at the golf course every day of my life forever. My dad was a club pro. And so I was fortunate to be, have access to the golf course whenever I wanted it. But dad was still back in, you know, that was back in the sixties. So we kind of still came in the side door, you know, the club pro was an employee and, 
And unfortunately, that still might exist in sometimes in some places today. But then you go through amateur golf, you you progress to amateur golf, and you you progress to where you win a tournament or so, or maybe you can play in the U.S. Amateur, or maybe you're good enough to make a Walker Cup team or a World Cup. Anyway, the point is, and then you progress to college, and then which is the best of the best in the professional. So I like to say, you know, as much as the the PGA Tour record is is on display for anybody, it didn't start there. It started a whole long time ago before then, before anybody knew who the hell Jay was or Curtis was. And we did it because we loved it so much. And we, and we progressed because we loved it so much. And uh, I still get emotional about talking about times like that because some of the greatest times of my life were, were on the golf course in the afternoon by myself. And so then you progress to the PGA Tour, and that's just a, kind of the result of, of a lot of uh, work, a lot of luck, being at the right place at the right time, and, and pulling off a shot or two when you needed it. Curtis, you know what's so interesting about what you just said? Both of us are dads and fathers, care and love our children, but we spent such an inordinate amount of time by ourselves. When you look at your boys and my girls, that is really unusual. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 that's, that's really an interesting point and one that probably a lot of sports psychiatrists, not sports psychiatrists, just psychiatrists themselves would look at us like we're friggin' crazy. You know? <laughs> oh, there's no question about that. But, oh, there's no question. You know, we're, we're all ready for the rubber room here eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I loved it. I love being out there, you know, I, to go play nine holes quick before dad. You know, we, I went, when I was nine years old, I was going to the golf course every day in the summer, almost every day in the summer with my dad at seven thirty, And we come home, we come home at dark because that's when the last cart got put up and, and for the night. And then we were finished work and dad, dad owned, you know, we worked for this, this place called Bow Creek and, Dad owned the golf shop, which was unusual. But back in the day, the club, he owned the golf shop, which was, you know, clubs, balls, shirts, gloves is what he sold. And then he owned the 32 carts that we owned, that we had. And that doesn't exist today. So those carts, for a good weekend, baby, they both had to go twice a day on both Saturday and Sunday. And that was what I was in charge of, was running those carts, getting them clean, getting them lined up early Saturday morning. But then when that was done, it was me. Baby, it was me playing and practicing and loving to practice, and your hands were so sore. And, and I don't embellish that back in the day when, when, we were, when we worked harder than they do now. No, they work hard now, but honestly, the hands were so sore at night and, and couldn't wait to get up and get them, get them in that position and that condition the next day, the next day. But I, I loved it. I, I loved the people, don't get me wrong. But I loved the, I loved being responsible for my own uh, outcome. Now I, you know, I played basketball, and I, I think you did too, all through high school. And nothing, there's nothing better than team sport. There's a camaraderie there and a brotherhood that, uh, that is second to maybe only the military. And you, you win and lose as a team, and you, you you cry and you celebrate as a team. And, but that golf by yourself, there's, there's one person to blame. And then there's one person you can pat on the back, uh, when, when you do well and that's yourself. And I really, really like that part of it. Curtis, one of the things that used to piss me off so much as a kid, cause I was a, I loved baseball and played a lot of baseball, you know, right in the middle of the third inning, the shortstop on the other team would go home. You know, and all of a sudden the game is completely yeah. screwed. And so, man, that, that threw me so much into golf because I was out starting with my mom's clubs, carrying my bag on a goat track 54 holes a day all summer long until I got the caddy yeah. at the, you know, at the, at the, at the course that we didn't belong at. But I was the same way. I, I just thought, you know, I can do this on my own time. I can do this at my own rate and I don't have to quit if I don't want to. And I never did. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's the part of the game. I think that there's a lot of kids that, 
are out there that would love to play the game and, you know, that, that don't have access. And that's, you know, that's what we constantly work at, uh, giving the kids more access. And we certainly have given them more access than, than 25 years ago, but we still need to improve. And, you know, I can see the membership. They don't want a hundred kids running around where my dad had the best junior program probably in the state of Virginia because he enjoyed the kids around and that's what he was all about. And of course I was his son, but because of that, I always had kids to play with. I didn't have to seek out the membership, although we like to play with the, the guys at five o'clock on Wednesdays and Fridays afternoon. Cause they play for a couple bucks and they, they banked me cause I didn't have a quarter in my pocket, but it was about gambling. You know, I wrote up for about three or four years, Jay, when I was doing my best on tour, I wrote a one-page article for Golf Magazine once a month, and I dearly loved it because I felt like I gave them some inside baseball. Yeah, and one right. Year I wrote, one year I wrote an article on gambling, how important it is to have something on the line no matter what you play. If you were throwing pennies to the wall, if you were shooting hoops, if you were hitting home runs, or if you were playing golf, something had to be on the line, basically gambling. You know, I got I got a couple of dozen just horrific letters on gambling. Now, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm teaching kids to be chronic gamblers, but my point was you've got to have something on the line to make it count because that helps you back down the line when it really does count. And so I would gamble with the guys on Wednesday and Friday afternoons and, and dad knew it. Dad knew what I was doing and he didn't say anything about it. But the point I was getting was that I always had kids to play with, always had the kids to compete with and have some fun. Because as much as we talk about being on the golf course by ourselves and, and enjoy those afternoons, it's still more fun to have kids to play with and guys that were pretty good at what you did playing golf and go out there and have some fun as well. Oh, hell yeah. Plus, Curtis, that skin in the game that you're referring to is everything. As a young kid, to pull $5 out of your pocket and give it to one of your friends, are you kidding me? I mean, I'd just soon fight. Oh, my God. I mean, there'd be no way. I can remember one time my dad let me play in this skin game with a bunch of, you know, they weren't really good players, and we didn't. It really wasn't even a, a country club, but I made a bunch of birdies, and I think I weighed 54 bucks, Curtis, and that was so much money. I was only like 15 years old and my dad made me give it back because he didn't want me to lose my amateur standing <laughs> my dad didn't know well, anything about then, golf back then it was the amateur status thing was pretty uh pretty stiff and penalty uh if you got caught doing something like that or or accepting i always thought that was the most ridiculous thing in amateur golf no kid can afford to fly to spokane washington to play in the u.s junior but they you couldn't allow to, to get help from an uncle or a granddaddy or anybody outside of your family so i just thought that was silly but anyway that's changed but uh you know gambling is all what's all about guess guess what we did every day of our lives we gambled on ourselves to play the silly game and and even though even i like to say even though some were more successful than others you're still going through the same emotional up and downs yeah. of, of 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 success or failure every day at night that's right you know, I don't care. I don't care who you are. I laid in bed every day, every night of my life, going through my round and going through just nitpicking and how I could improve and how I could do better and how this. And I don't care what round or what it is and how well you're playing. It's what you did because you had to get better because you're playing against the best of the best every single day. And when I came out on tour. Okay, I, I was a I was a decent college player and amateur player and all that stuff, but still the tour was the largest jump in any sport. The largest jump is from college amateur sport to professional sport because now you're playing against the all Americans in their school every day, and some of them were hardened veterans and you know playing against getting paired with a Nicholas early in your career or Hey Whirlwind or you know, Tom Watson or whoever it was, not only did you know <laughs> the greatest <laughs> line ever, the greatest line ever, you know, is coming is that when Jack, when you were up against Jack Nicholas, this was a truism. You knew he was going to beat you. He knew he was going to beat you. 
and you knew he knew he was going to beat you. So, and but then you get to a point and you play against Jack and you say, you know what, this son of a gun is not a whole lot better than I, although he was. But you know what, I got 18 holes here, and if I do my best, um, I've got a chance. And uh, I had a chance to go head to head against Jack uh, twice in my career, and and I lost once, and I came out on top once, and I. And I tell those stories because one of the proudest moments of my life was when he had to shake my hand. And you don't get that very often in, in any sport to go up against somebody you so idolized and were so good and, and still to this day arguably the best player of all time. And not only to get to play with him and compete with him, but actually might have come out on top a particular day. So, and, 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 and great sportsman, great person, just everything about it. Well, that's going to wrap up the front nine. But don't go anywhere. We're going to have more Curtis Strange as we get to the back nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Are your workouts more fun than this? Well, if they are, then I want to sign you to an endorsement deal with Michelob Ultra. I'm looking for anyone and everyone who makes working out a blast. If that's you, hit to TeamUltra.com for a chance to score awesome perks like Team Ultra gear and more. That's TeamUltra.com to enter. No purchase necessary. Open U.S. residents 21 plus. See official rules at TeamUltra.com. Message to data rates may apply. Void were prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra, Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101 to see how they can help you stay in the game. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are Farmers. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsings. I want to tell you about a strength training fitness program that helped me and that can help you. It's called 20 Minutes to Fitness. They have two locations, one in Clayton and one in Chesterfield. Every time you go to the gym with 20 Minutes to Fitness, you work with a professional trainer. They take you through specific machines and with specific exercises that are designed to help your golf game. We're talking about strength, flexibility, and those two components are huge to help you improve your game. Visit 20MinutesToFitness.com. Your first session is absolutely free. Get off the couch and get in shape. Don't miss the hottest rookie class in PGA Tour Champions history. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club September 6th through the 12th. Join legends Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, and Hale Irwin to celebrate the PGA Tour Champions' newest event. Professional golf returning to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, pro-am foursomes on sale now. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. Wilson Pools Plus has been beautifying homes in the metro St. Louis area for over 30 years. They're a family-owned, full-service pool company. Whether you want to add a pool, landscaping, patios, or just have them service your existing pools, Wilson Pools Plus can handle any job. You can reach them at 314-421-1301, or if you're calling from the east side, 618-632-2386. You can also check them out on the web at wilsonpoolsplus.com. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Fogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. i got Pearlie with me. Brad Barnes has taken great care of us here at the ESPN, the 101 ESPN studios. And we are headed to the Back Nine, which is brought to you by the Fogelbach Agency with Farmers. You need any sort of insurance product, anything. Uh, Ed Fogelbach and his family, he's got some of his children working uh, in this agency, are, they're great people. 
They're honest, hardworking. They'll take care of you. Call them at 314-398-0101. Let's just jump right back into the last half of my interview with Curtis Strange. Hall of Famer, uh, Ryder Cup captain and player, and the last person to win the U.S. Open back-to-back years. Now the leader in the 16th fairway. That ball is covering the flag right there. He's swinging well. He's also seemingly the calmest one out there. Curtis Strange is brought to you by Golden Tee. One of the things I dug up that I did not know about you that I wanted to talk a little bit about is that you're a natural left-hander. So did you? Did your dad have to turn you around and play golf right-handed because of the lack of equipment? No, actually, we. It, it, the thing's been a bit misleading. I was, I'm a right-handed dominant player, uh, athlete, but I kick left-footed. I write left-handed. I shoot a gun left-handed. I shoot pool left-handed. But my dominant side is right. So, no, to answer your question, I did everything right-handed, but I did do some foolish little things left-handed. And I'm assuming, Jay, I fell through the cracks in first grade when, when they were switching everybody back in the day to right-handed to do everything. Yeah. I fell through the cracks, and, and so you still can't read my handwriting <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, and things like that. But, no, and did, did it ever help my golf? No. No, I I really don't think so, and I really don't know if it. It's never been proven that you know guys like Hogan and Johnny Miller were left-handers. Did it help their golf? Um, I, I've never seen anything to say that it did or it didn't. But uh, the, the old wives' tale is that it did. Were you were you all right-handed completely? I was all right-handed. My my dad was a my dad you know hit baseball left-handed, threw right-handed, played golf, swung left-handed, putted right-handed. Completely confused. You know when I played with him as a kid, I was like, "What hand are you?" You know because I would. Could you hit left-handed? You were a good baseball player. Yeah, I could hit left. I could hit left-handed once he let me. He didn't want me to turn around, but once I was able to turn around, it 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 just became pretty natural. But um, I I know that back in our generation, you know, we see so many more left-handers on the PGA Tour now and and the Corn Ferry Tour and things like that. But back in our day, I knew that you know some of that was going on. That left-handers were made to play right, righty. Yeah, and, and that, a lot of that was due to equipment. There was very few uh, companies that were making left-handed. And, you know, I I don't know if this is true or not. You could help me. But I think with the, with the Canadians, had so many left-handers, and we've had some wonderful left-handed Canadian players, Mike Weir, and uh, I'm drawing a blank now. But I think that helps a little bit. But the tendency is to pick up a right-handed player because that's what you see in the golf shop and and all these other retail stores. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. And I think um, just from my hockey uh, background, I think like forty percent of all the golfers up in up in Canada, Curtis, to your point, are left-handed. So, you know, nowadays left-handed yeah. equipment isn't any big deal. So, but let's go, talk a little bit about this career. I mean, World Golf Hall of Fame, Virginia Golf Hall of Fame, just uh, amazing. I, I mentioned your decade in the '80s. You won 16 of your 17 PGA Tour events in the '80s. Five Ryder Cup teams. You captained the Ryder Cup team, but. There's something about that you did in your career that is so difficult to do, and it's 1988 and 1989. You won consecutive U.S. Opens, and you beat Nick Faldo, and I, I, I can still remember you in that front bunker at Brookline on the 18th hole on Sunday, and you getting that thing up and down to get in the playoff, and then you whipped his ass the next day. Um, I, I, I could still remember that because I played the amateur at Brookline. I played the U.S. Open out there. That golf course just wore me out. But, Curtis, some, take us through some of the mental challenges about going through that whole process, man. To, to be our national Open champion – Come on. What a dream come true. Well, gosh, Jay, I don't know. I was, I was, I was lucky. Um, I was in the right place at the right time uh, uh, more than, than I, I should have been. Um, I, I think that uh, I, I do go back to those days lonely on the golf course. Not lonely, but on the golf course. And, you know, you, you, you had four balls out there. And I, and I, 
and it happened more more times than not on the afternoon. You know, one might have been Hogan and Arnold, who was a dear friend, and Jack, and then one was me. And you and you and you play and you and you play it hard. And and did that help? I don't know, but I think just being, you know, playing a lot of competition and and progressing, as I said, through your through your life, and 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 learning you know, what your body does, how it reacts, how your mind reacts. And, and I think it's a lot in your DNA. You know, you, you know, some people compete harder than others. You know, I got, I, I, I say this tongue in cheek, but I say this, you know, uh, in all honesty, when I played basketball all through high school, I, 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 I love to play defense and I played defense hard and I got, I got plenty of technical fouls, but I didn't want that son bitch beat me. And, <laughs> and I knew how to cheat. And I knew how to hold, and I knew how to do this, and I knew how to do that, and and that was all because it was just it was competitive. Yeah. It was, you know, you run a race, you want to win, and and you know, I, I had, I don't, I, who knows, who knows, and you know, some people say, well, you are a grinder. Well, I I, I hope to God I was a grinder because that means you got the most out of your game. Some people might say you you might have been a hard ass. No, 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 I don't. I don't like the term hard ass. I just think you like to compete. And if it's if it's if it's a contest about who's can compete hard, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna finish okay. Uh, because you work your ass off your whole life, Jay, and you and you do the things that you think is right or right for yourself. And I don't think anybody ever outworked me. Other, I got a story about Tom Kite in a minute, but there's not many people that outworked me. So therefore, when I got into that position, I was prepared and I was prepared both physically and mentally. And, and I think more so mentally, cause I, I enjoyed it. It was your time to, in, in a funny kind of way, it was your time to shine. It was your time to, to get on that big stage and say, Hey, you know what? I'm more comfortable here. Cause I think I've outworked the next guy. I stayed in condition. I ran during those, during my good years on tour, I ran every day of my life. And I ran for one reason, to keep my le- well, two reasons, to keep my legs in shape. And for the next day, if it came down to the nuts and bolts of the last hole or two, I was going to outbeat him because I was in better shape. Yeah, and things yeah. like that mentally mean something to you. I mean, it really does. I mean, it's, I'll never forget that Tiger Woods said something derogatory about Phil Mickelson many, many years ago when Phil was a little overweight. He says, there's no way he can beat me because he's fat. Well, you know, th- there's... Uh, there's a way to say that a good and a bad way, but I know what he meant. Yeah, for sure. What he meant was that he, he was a better conditioned athlete than the next guy. So that gave him an advantage and to be able to compete. And, and then you get into situations that, Hey, I screwed up plenty. I screwed up plenty, but every time I screwed up, I tried to learn something from it. And what do you learn from it? You know, you learn how your body reacts, you know, your process you went through, uh, you got to go to your strengths. When, when things are on the line and you're, you're just as nervous as the next guy, uh, you got to go to your strengths. You can't try to get too cute. Um, you know, all of the above, but bottom line, you just got to be able to play and you got to have fundamentals that when, when at, at the entire outside world is a loud noise, it better be somewhat quiet within yourself. And, and, and it always was to me. It was, it was like that. It was, it was, quiet it was it was uh slowed down sometimes um it was it was uh it was different it was it was different and i enjoyed it uh, like i said you screw it up plenty of times too but you know you put yourself in position enough and you keep going at it enough then uh, you're going to get your chances you know you're going to get your chances and then and then to go in the u.s open it was a it was a, just a i don't know how to explain it's it's just uh, just dreams, you know. Little boy, dreams do come true. Um, you, my dad, my dad played in six years open. So when he would come home, uh, it was, it was a big deal. And then the first U.S. Open I played with and was in '76 in Southern Hills, and I played out there. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm not ready for this. This is way too hard for me. I got, to, I got to, I got to get on with it. I got to learn how to play this game because it was way too hard. And then you just kind of keep progressing and keep going. And, and uh, then you, you compete and then you kind of get a chance and, and then you come through. And, 
it was a it's a it's a special feeling. Curtis, a couple things you said. First of all, having that awareness as a young athlete that I'm not good enough is really really incredible. The second thing that you said that I'd love to talk about because I only experienced this a few times in my career, but you talked about how the game would slow down, and when I could slow the game down in my mind. I was able to do almost everything I wanted to do. The problem with with for my career is, you know, people call that being in the zone. They call it a lot of different things. I don't care what you really call it. I just can just remember those moments where I was almost like in a tunnel where I didn't know there were, you know, 20, 30,000 people around, or I didn't care about TV. I didn't care about anything. It was, I had such an ability to focus on what it was that I wanted and what I was doing that it carried me through. And it, in some otherwise pretty nervy situations for me that, that, you know, is, is that what you're talking about really? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, they're all nervy situations because, if you, first of all, you know you're on this stage, and subconsciously you know you're on this stage in front of all these people and, and on TV and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you get over that, and people say, how do you do that? Well, you just do that by being there time and time again, and it becomes a second second nature for you. But, you, you, you know, you learn how to slow these things down and go through the process. And I, it's an overused term, but it's exactly right. It's not that you have to do the same thing over and over and over again. You just, you, you just, you do it and you're ready and you pull the trigger. And if you, if you have the ability and, you, and if you're cocky enough and down deep, we're all pretty doggone, if, if we believe in ourselves wholeheartedly, if we believe in our ability to get this thing done more than the next guy, uh, not outwardly. I think a lot of the young kids speak more about that outwardly than, than we ever did. And it comes off as cocky or arrogant or brash. You know, we never spoke like that. We were told not to speak like that, but it sure as hell didn't mean I couldn't think it. Okay. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you a, a quick story about being cocky. Okay. And sometimes when you're going well, you, you do feel pretty bulletproof at times. So I'm on the last thought in Memphis par five. I, I, I didn't hit a good drive and it really, really, really pissed me off. Cause if I hit a good drive, I could knock it on into make birdie and beat four guys. Four guys were on the green at say 12 under par. And I was 12 under par playing the hole. Curtis, this so, is the old colonial, I, right? Yeah. The old colonial. Yeah. I wanted my, my, my smile coming off the tee is that, you know what I want to do? I want to ruin four guys dinner tonight. Okay. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. And that was kind of funny. Why well, it had a piss poor drive and it could have aggravated me, but okay, I can still make parts. I'll lay it up. And I had like 90 yards. I hit in there six feet and I'm thinking to myself and I'm playing with Hubert Green and he was a tough guy and he became a dear friend. And he said, he put it down to about two feet and he said, what do you want me to do? Mark it or make it? I said, put it and get out of my way. Just like that. And I didn't mean anything by it, but it came out like that that I wanted this and, and I've never, can't believe I'm telling the story. And I made this thing and I actually did feel bad for the poor guys <laughs> back there because they slumped over in the locker room and packed their shit and got on out of there. Yeah, right. But you know, it's, it's tough. there's times like that, that, that you think to yourself, you know, it motivates you. It, 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 it makes you it, whatever, whatever it takes. And it's, uh, you know, you go through that. You go through these times, and you just, you just, you go through them, and you do the best you can. I can tell you all the stories, and I can BS with you all day long, and and it's fun to do. But bottom line, you know, you work, you progress, you 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 learn from experience, and then if you're smart enough, you you capitalize on it when the chances you know uh, present themselves. And, and, and they did, thank goodness. Uh, there was, there was, there's some funny times along the way. There was some sad times along the way, uh, you know, that you, you go back to your hotel room and you want to cry. But you get up the next morning and can't wait to get to the golf course, and that was the best part of it. And, and that's the part where we're absolutely crazy, Curtis, because I can remember some of the early times on tour thinking, I just got my brains kicked in, and I'm – Got my clubs on my shoulder and I'm going out to practice. You know, I, oh, I know. You know and you're I like, know. what? And what's wrong with better me? Better than to get out there and 
there's nothing better than to get out there. You've gone to the practice tee. Okay, now it's not going to do you any good to stay upset at yourself while you practice. So let's settle down. Let's start from scratch. And whatever your problems you thought you had that day, let's, let's eliminate that problem for tomorrow. Let's figure out what the deal was. And when you left that practice tee, either in 15 minutes or two hours, it didn't, whatever it took, you went to bed and you said, I got this. I got this for tomorrow. And that's the beauty of the game because it's not band-aids that we talk about putting on and, 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 and fixing little scratches. It's fundamentals that we're trying to improve on. And they're the times that make you so proud down deep, the little things that, that people don't ever, ever know about. It's the times you went to the practice tee, you fixed the issue, and the next day you played well. And they're the little accomplishments that build and build and build on each other that later on, you know, really show their face in a big, important situation. I just love the way we can hear Curtis Strange. It's so different than, than that grinder, that super intense guy. He's relaxed. He's having fun talking to you. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, wasn't it weird where he said, you know, he wasn't this kind of ball busting? T- and I was kind of like, huh? Any, anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to have a little more in the Curtis Strange interview on the Michelob Ultra 19th hole, and then John and I will break it down. So come back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Extraordinary effort deserves recognition. The management team at Marcone would like to say thank you to our over 500 employees and their families. Your dedication and commitment to our success has been so steadfast that we are experiencing another incredible year. At a time when many businesses are struggling, your performance has exceeded expectations. Every idea shared and every opportunity seized by you has led us to new heights. So, thank you. Marcone is based in St. Louis, Missouri and is the largest distributor of General Electric Compliance Parts in North America. I want to give a huge shout-out and thank you to Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing. When you join out at Whitmore, there's 90 holes of golf. Uh, you get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardine, and the Golf Club of Wentzville, and the cart fees are already included in your membership. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, large pool complex, tennis. Man, they've just got great family-oriented stuff. And if you get over there, you got to go in the golf shop, and you have to say hello to my friend Bummer. Bummer is just a delightful guy that would love to help you and your family with your golf game. He and his staff out there run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events are available all year long. If your family is looking for a place where you can hang out, have fun, enjoy good food, golf, sports, just a family-friendly atmosphere, you got to go to Whitmore Country Club. You can reach them at 636 636- Nine two six nine six two two. Professional golf returns to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club, September 6th through the 12th. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, and pro-am foursomes are on sale now. All proceeds go to North St. Louis County Charities. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com or call 314-938-2828. PGA Tour Golf is back in the loo. The Ascension Charity Classic. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101 to see how they can help you stay in the game. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are farmers. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, and we are headed to my favorite portion of the show, the Michelob Ultra 19th hole, brought to you by our friends at McUltra. Um, man, a McUltra tastes really good right now. So, so we've got to jump into the tail end of the Curtis Strange interview. Let's wrap that up right now. All right. First bogey of the day, and he's the champion again. Curtis Strange is brought to you by Golden Tee. 
there's something about the, this game, Curtis, that when we were kids, bit bit us and grabbed a hold of us, and I it still hadn't really let go. No, you know, I'm 65 years old, almost 66, Jay, and I dream about it still this day. Um, I, I every time I go to my workroom, which which nowadays is more about fishing poles and shotguns and things like that. But those clubs are sitting over there, and there's not a day I don't go in there that I don't grab one and think about it and put my hands on it, and the hands feel just as good as they used to be. Uh, the swing doesn't act the right. And, and <laughs> your, your body's not the same. But the hands on the golf course, on the golf grip, are still the same way. Let me tell you a quick story about working hard. Is Tom Kite and I became dear, dear friends. We were many times Ryder Cup partners in team events, and, and we were total opposites. You know, he was he was the guy, if he didn't play golf, he'd be in an 8 by 8 cell, a CPA like his dad. No disrespect, but Tom Kite wasn't, wasn't let's say, a pure athlete, okay? Right. He was a golfer. And I felt like I was a jock. So anyway, we get on the practice team, and, and we always worked hard, and we talked about the swing, and we would converse back and forth, and we were good friends. Uh, so one night in Atlanta, it's about an hour to go before dark. And I'm hitting balls, and he's hitting balls out of the range. And now it's just the two of us. It's 30 minutes to go. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This son of a bitch is outworking me every day. He's not going to do it today. i got plenty of energy left. I'm going to hit balls. Well, I find out later he's thinking the same thing. <laughs> now we get to dark, and we're beating balls and beating balls and beating balls. And now it's dark, and we're still beating balls, and I'm not giving up. Well, finally, it's dark. I can't see anything, and I want a beer, okay? I just want a beer. So I walk by him, and I say, okay, you won, all right? He says, well, I'm going to putt for 15 minutes. So I said, like hell you are, and I went and putted for 15 minutes in the dark. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. It's crazy stupid stuff like that that, you know what, that maybe helped you somewhere along the way. Who knows? But he was a, he was a great friend, but he was also a great you know, competitor slash example from me to uh hubert green was a lot like that uh hale Irwin didn't beat so many balls but he was a tough guy and he and i became friends and we would talk about things that we would never repeat now uh about being competitors and you know you learn from those guys you learn from those guys and and uh and, and how they went about their business now you didn't try to copy anybody you know, you, you, it, that would destroy you, but you just learned on how to play the game and situations and, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden you're in the situation at the U.S. Open. And so now you, now you instinctively revert back to all those lessons and, and, it, and it works out. Man, I got to tell you. So, Curtis, let's talk a little bit about the modern player. And we've been able to work together a few times with Fox and watch some of these yeah, yeah. great, great players. And, you know, when the way that I was taught to play the game was, was that, you know, if you had a dog leg left, you hit a draw off the tee. If you hit a dog leg right, you hit a fade off the tee. Back left pin was some sort of, you know, trappy sort of hook, and a back right pin was some yeah. sort of fade. In the front pin, you never hit a low a little shot. Three to. Finger, little, little three finger sachet cut. You know, all those little things that you learn that you do subconsciously. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and then this, the modern day player, I just don't see much of that. And I don't, I know the equipment has something to do with it. I also know. The way these guys are wired just seems different. And I don't know if it's because I'm an old bastard now and it's, I look back and think that the way I was taught was better. But it seems that way to me. And I just wanted to know what you thought. Well, first of all, Jay, what are you, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, yeah, 6'5", yep. And, and 60 years six, old. Five. So, okay, yeah. so, so, so let me just say for all of our listeners out there, if Jay, Jay's Delsing play today in the day's time, he'd hit it 400 yards. He is, Jay Delsing is built the way today modern player is built, to get that out of the way. I'm a shrimp compared to you, okay? <laughs> you know, but you played, you played the way the equipment allowed you to play in the day, okay? And we were taught to come on tour because we had the spinny ball, and this is no disrespect to equipment or ball or anybody, but the ball spun so much more. We had wood, wood, steel shafts, uh, muscle back iron. So number one priority was to hit it in the middle of the club face. Number two priority 
was to swing within yourself so you could square that thing up and impact the same way every time, okay? So, therefore, the ball wouldn't spin offline. We used to call them crop dusters. The shot I used to hit that I hated more than anything oh. else was kind of an undercut neck heel. Oh, yeah. And it wouldn't just go in the right rough. It'd be it'd go 150 yards. In the oh, right and rough. it felt so bad, that healy little, oh, oh man, terrible. spit nails is when I did that. <laughs> but anyway, so nowadays with the equipment, the, the, the guys now are so incredibly talented and should be. Hogan had the greatest line of all time. One time somebody asked him, are the players today better than you were in your era? And he thought for a moment, he says, I hope so, because if they aren't, I would not have contributed anything. And you think about that, how humble, how smart, how bold that statement was to hear the best ball striker of all time, potentially to say something like that. So in a very small way, uh, the guys are so much more talented than we were. They're bigger, they're stronger, they run faster, they jump higher as all of every sport. But they also have the equipment that allows them to do what they do today. And that's no disrespect to the players at all. They play the way, if you and I played today, we would play the same way. We would try to overpower a golf course. But there's no doubt in my mind, Jay, not one ounce of doubt, that if you gave them our equipment in six months, the top players would still be the top players. The middle of the road would still be the middle of the road and on down the line. They would learn in six months how to play the ball in the clubs. They, they have that ability to play the game, and that doesn't change with any kind of equipment. Okay, Pearl. I've competed against this guy, probably played 30 to 40 rounds of competitive golf with him, and he didn't have 50 words to say to me. This was a really cool glimpse into a hard-to-know guy. I, I absolutely loved it, Jay. It, 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 it stunned me. And when you told me that the interview went well, which is not a surprise, but uh, that he was still talking to him, I'm like, are you sure you had the right guy? I, I I know I uh, he kept going and going. You know, I was thinking that we'd get maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, and it might be a little root canalish. You know, but um, I looked up and we we got to the thirty minute mark, and he started dropping stories about Hubert Green and started telling stories about how he just loved to compete. And uh, um, you know, it was uh, it was really fun and listening to him talk about you know life on tour and and uh, just seeing it through his eyes was was pretty eye opening. I can't relate to life on tour other than caddying for you a little bit, but the things that caught me again was just his—he was just his calm demeanor throughout the uh, interview. I thought that was great, and I just loved him talking about the early days of playing, being around his dad when he was uh, at, as his dad was running the country club uh, as a pro, and they, they had the carts, uh, playing by himself, and how much he enjoyed that. And I know you and I can relate to that. And that brought back great memories to me right when he talked about that especially with the energy he talked about it yeah it was uh it was very impressive and um uh yeah i mean it's it's i hate to keep harping on the same thing but going from uh it's always a just a phenomenal surprise when you get that kind of interview from someone like him because all those years you never know what he's thinking yeah he he, he stated that he didn't think he was a, a tough guy or a hard guy and that's all I knew him as, as far as watching. And the little bit I saw him out on the golf course, it just always always seemed that way. And uh, I did get some up close and personal on some Ryder Cups when I was working for, uh, I believe it was NBC. And uh, you know, he he just he was just kind of that cold, that hard competitive guy. So it was just fun to, to listen to him uh, uh, talk this way. I also loved, and I know you will relate to that because you love this to this day. And I'm bummed that I've I've lost this, and I, I do need to get back into it. He said he always had to play for money. He always had to play for something that have something on the line, or or why bother playing? Oh my gosh, absolutely! It's it um, it makes you not want to. Um, uh, it, it makes you not even want to play. And and the first thing that goes wrong, you don't want to you don't want to stick it out. You don't want to, you know, kind of try to dig deep and 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 find a a different gear. But. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, I love the story about Tom Kite and how hard he worked. I love the, uh, you know, who was going to work the hardest. I I loved all those stories. Well, that's going to wrap up the back nine. Um, I want to thank Dean Team of Kirkwood 
for jumping back on the show. Colin over there is a phenomenal guy. 314-966-0303. Call them. Uh, I bought a used Volkswagen for my daughter, and it's just a fantastic vehicle. She's driving. It's nice and safe. It's running like a top. And uh, Colin right now is looking for another vehicle for me. So call the Dean team in Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. That's going to wrap up another show, Pearly. Uh, man, I would say enjoy Arizona, but that's kind of ridiculous. But um, how are we going to get meet? How are we going to get Pearly on the phone every week from Arizona? We'll skip him. Yeah, that's right. We're turning your mic off, Pearly. Take a couple weeks off. That's okay. That'll work for me, too. <laughs> All right, this is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis.